Come on, let's give God some real glory this morning. Thank you, Jesus. It is, it is uh, with deep appreciation and gratitude that I thank the Lord for having sustained us for 20 years, giving service to the body of Christ, to this wonderful congregation, to the city of Dallas, to our great nation of America as we celebrate Independence Day weekend, as well as around the world. This church has served people around the world in the spirit of excellence for 20 years. Thank you for going on this journey with me. It's been an amazing journey. It has been unbelievable. I will never, ever forget it. Give yourselves, give the Lord a big round of applause. 20 years. You may be seated. I remember when I came here 20 years ago, the odds were against me and the bets were out that I wouldn't be here long. They said I wouldn't make it. They said I wouldn't last. Some of them said I would wear out. Some of them said I would give out. And some of them said they would run me out. 20 years later, in a bald head, I'm still standing here preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, give God some praise and glory up in this place. I had Jamel to pull a couple of pictures of my wife and I 20 years ago and now. 20 years ago, we were standing there with those black and white Stacy Adams shoes on, and my wife had that big hat on, and we were in the old building, and we were glorifying God, and 20 years later, we're still standing for the Lord. We don't look too bad either. Would you come out for a moment? I want to thank you for standing by me for 20 years. <clears throat> Through the storm, through the flood, through the rain, through the fire, through the blood, this woman of God has been the first lady of this church, my wife, the mother of the women's ministry. Come on, give God a praise for her. And I, I want to take a moment just before we receive the offering, I want to take just a moment because today we are celebrating longevity, yes. okay? This year marks 40 years I've been preaching the gospel. Okay. 40 years. Think about where you were 40 years ago. 40 years ago, uh, this year I was preaching my trial message in a storefront church in the hills of West Virginia, a 19-year-old boy who said God had called him to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and 40 years later, I'm still standing preaching that same gospel of Jesus Christ. 20 years of ministry, 20 years of pastoring this church, 40 years in ministry, 34 years of marriage. And, and still going strong for the Lord. There, there's something I want you to think about before we give. The Bible says that it is God's will that we bring forth fruit, okay? 
we know that the first thing that he said to man in the creation is be fruitful. So we know that God wants us to be blessed, to be fruitful, to be productive all of our lives. But in the Gospel of St. John, he goes on from being fruitful. He says that I pray that your fruit would remain. Because it doesn't matter how fruitful you are if you keep losing what you got. To those of you that are watching online and to those of you that are members of this church, whether you just jumped on the bus 10 minutes ago or whether you were here when we started, we have been a fruitful ministry. We've been a fruitful ministry. At this season in my life, I think about what the Bible said. It said that Joseph is a bow whose branches reach over the wall. In other words, he's planted here, but his branches are gonna reach over the wall. As I stand on the precipice of an opportunity that is uh, unprecedented, giving me an opportunity to be in the homes of America, every day on a daily basis, my branches are reaching over the wall. To, to you thinkers, leaders, business owners, think of this, and I wanna challenge you because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray in a minute as we give, not only that we would be fruitful, but that our fruit would remain. When I started on television, and I was happy to do it, and we still do it in, on the Christian networks, we had to pay for every tick-tock of the clock to be on television. And sometimes it was difficult. We spent millions and millions of dollars to send the gospel around the world for Jesus Christ, and every minute of it has to be paid for. I never would have thought that God would so flip the script that now, instead of me paying to be on television, now television will be paying me. And, and paying me real good, I might add. <laughs> Anytime you see me flying back and forth to California, there's some glory somewhere. <laughs> Amen. I believe, I say that to say to those of you that struggle and those of you that are fighting for your dream and those of you that are in situations right now and it's not exactly the way you want it to be, as we give and as we sow, I want to believe God with you that your dream would be fruitful, that your vision would be fruitful, that your relationships would survive. Sister Jason and I are not together because we haven't seen any storms. We have seen storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, lions, tigers, and bears. Amen. I say that because sometimes other people make stuff look so good that you think that they just rode in on a bed of ease. We went through hell and high water at the same time. I said, how can we be burning up and in a flood at the same time? You know, we had stuff happen that wasn't even supposed to happen, but we planted our feet firm. Yes. Trusted in the God who began a good work in our lives and we are still being fruitful even in our old age. Amen? Yes. Amen. 
I want you to prepare to give and I want you to think about your fruit remaining, your children surviving, your business is flourishing, God flipping the script sometimes and turning things around. You might have came in one way and leave out another. You might start on the bottom rung of a company that you end up owning. You may have a startup business that you had to start in your living room, but you don't know you're gonna end up owning the block. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Ruth gleaned in a field, a second-class gleaner, gleaning behind all of the gleaners, trying to catch whatever somebody dropped just to survive. And who would have thought the girl who started out catching what other people dropped and calling it a blessing would end up owning the field that everybody else was working in? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you. Where are my sisters at? Make some noise in here. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your family. I want to pray over your business. I want to pray over your dreams. You're watching online. The reason I mention business, I have an anointing to do business. I have a gift and an anointing to do business. It's biblical. There is an anointing to do business. There is an anointing for administration. There is a gift of governments that the Bible speaks of. I want to touch and agree with you that you would be fruitful in every area of your life. Amen. That you would survive the storms you may be going through. That you would get the funds you need to do what you need to do. I want to pray that you would have the health and the energy that it takes to bring in the harvest that God is about to bring forth in your life. It's crazy sometimes you plant in your youth what you harvest in your older years. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. What you build in your 30s, you will eat from in your 60s. If you don't put away anything, your old person is going to starve to death. Talk to me, somebody. Somebody shout increase. And I want to believe God with you on our 20th anniversary, 20 years of giving service. I can't tell you how many times in them 20 years it got bad. It got tough. Y'all didn't know it because I'm not the kind of person that gets up and whines over the pulpit. But let me tell you something. We saw lions, tigers, and bears pass in this church for 20 years. There were times we didn't know how we were going to make ends meet. <clears throat> there were times we were in shortfalls. I remember one time the economy had fallen in the country. We had to lay off part of our staff. We were $5 million in the red. Touch your neighbor and say million. <clears throat> People were shutting down. Businesses were closing down. Ministries were losing their property. We were holding on to this place by the skin of our teeth. The devil said, this is it, you're not going to make it. But let me tell you something, I said, devil, you a liar. You a liar. We're going to fight back with everything that's in us. I just say that to say you're not the only one who ever got in trouble, that got in a hard time, that went through a dark day. Glory to God. We had everybody calling us, calling us, when are you going to pay? 30 days will turn to 60 days. 60 went into the 90 days. 90 days went into 120 days. And after that, there wasn't no place for it. It just was etc. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? 
We caught those bills up, we pulled ourselves out, we fought back, we scratched, we made it through the storm, we made it through the flood. Don't you let the devil tell you you're not gonna make it. The devil is a lie. You are going to survive every test and every struggle and every pain that comes against you. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I didn't get up here and start whining. I didn't get up here and start fussing. I didn't even look like we was in trouble. When we was the brokest, that's when I wore my best suit. I put on my best stuff and came out here looking like Rockefeller. Pockets just as empty as Snidely Whiplash. But I knew, you see, you, you can't start looking down when you're feeling down, you gotta have something that's working for you, going up. Talk to, I wish I had somebody. I, I wanna join my faith with yours this morning. I wanna believe God with you. I wanna believe God with you for your family. I wanna believe God with you for your children. Our children been through all kinds of storms. We didn't even have names for the storm. Sometimes the storm, before we could get out of one, we were in the other one. Everything happened, everything happened. Every, I can't believe every time I see Cor and Sarah up here preaching, I just want to fall out in the floor and say, giddy high, giddy high, giddy high. I don't care what they say. If they just get up and say, banana pudding and Donald Duck, I just go to dancing. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't you give up on your children. Don't you give up on your child. I don't care what they do. Don't you give up on your children. Fight the devil back for your kids. <clears throat> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, so I want to believe God with you because it doesn't do good for you to prosper in your family if you lose your kids. You know, as you, I mean, if you prosper in your finances and you lose your kids, you lose your family and you lose everything, what good is it? You want to be in good health. You don't want to have money and be sick. You want to prosper in every area of your life. Money don't mean nothing if you can't breathe. Come on, somebody. It don't mean a thing if you can't breathe. If you're hemorrhaging out of your ear, it don't mean nothing that you have a nice house. You want to prosper in every way. Everybody who wants to prosper in every way, stand up on your feet. There is a mentality of prosperity. There's an attitude of prosperity. I want you to give like you're prosperous. I want you to live like you're prosperous. I want you to walk like you're prosperous. I want you to have a strategy. You can't have a beggar's mentality and be ready to receive prosperity the way it's supposed to flow into your life. You can't give like a pauper and expect to harvest like a president. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Somebody shout increase. I'm talking to you that are watching online right now. There's a reason God's got you watching online this morning. Maybe you're up under attack in some area in your life. That's when you need to sow the most so you can grow the most. And we're going to stand in agreement with you. We're an established ministry. I'm not some snidely whiplash preacher just came into Dallas, hadn't been proven. I've been through the storm, the flood, and the rain. And I made it. And I touch and agree with you in the name of Jesus that increase would manifest in your life. I agree with you that the enemy will not steal your children. 
He will not steal your harvest. He will not steal your seed. He will not corrupt your dream. I touch and agree with you that you will come into your season of harvest and I speak increase over your life. I pray over every seed of faith that is planted on our 20th anniversary that it would come back pressed down, shaken together and running over. And I thank you for good measure. Lord, I thank you for turning things around in somebody's life that something that they're paying for now is going to end up paying them. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm not afraid to believe you. Exceptional blessings. Exceeding blessing. Abundant blessing. I stand on your word. Good bodies. Strong minds. Good health. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Glory to God. Give him some kind of praise, would you? You may be seated. Some of our staff people have gone over, honey, to tour the Youth Empowerment Center. And incidentally, if you want to sow into our Youth Empowerment Center, just put it in that wheelbarrow right there. So they've been over to the Youth Empowerment Center. Some of the people who work here were shocked at the quality and the class and the state-of-the-art technology that has gone into that facility. We're investing in the next generation. We're sowing into the future. Let me tell you something. Our Youth Empowerment Center that we're building is going to be so sharp. If you don't have any kids, maybe you ought to have some. I'm just saying, think about it, think about it. You might ought to have some just so that they could be a part of the Youth Empowerment Center. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It, it is going to be awesome. I do not believe that we should allow people to tell us because we are in this area, we can't do things with excellence. Glory to God. They told me when I came here, they said the smartest move would be for you to put your church up in North Dallas. They said that's where the money is. I said I'm going to put it right down here and call the money to me. I'm going to put it right down here. I'm going to stand right here. Somebody shout, money cometh to me. There is no reason we can't do things with excellence and with class. There is no reason that we can't have the same kinds of teachers and same kinds of schools and same time of quality. He's just as much God right here as he is in Prestonwood. He's just as much God right here as he is in North Dallas. He is the same God. I am your God. Oh. Glory, glory, excuse me. Glory to God. You got to believe in what God put in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Touch somebody and say, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I feel faith in the atmosphere. I feel anointing in the atmosphere. I feel glory in the atmosphere. I feel the presence of God in this atmosphere. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Press down, shake it together and run it over. It's coming. I'm stand right here and I call it from the north, the south, the east and the west is coming. From the north, the south, the east and the west is coming. Everything you need to do what God called you to do. It's coming. 
in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you give it in a minute, but this is where I like to give. I like to give up under the anointing. I like to preach up under the anointing. If I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna sing up under the anointing. The anointing takes your gift and makes it better, makes it bigger. If it does that with your preaching, if it does that with your singing, then imagine what it'll do with your finances. If you give in an atmosphere of anointing, God will declare, oh my God. Oh my God, he'll do it for you. Are you ready to give? I said, are you ready to give? Serve the people of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Praise him like the winner you are. Praise him like the winner you are. Glory to God. 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 Oh my God, somebody's got harvest coming. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I feel a wind blowing in this place, church. I feel a wind blowing in this place. I feel a wind blowing in this place. I feel a wind, I feel a wind. I feel a wind blowing. I feel a wind blowing. I feel a wind blowing in this place. I feel a wind blowing in this place. Glory to God. God is bigger than your doubt, bigger than your fear, bigger than your bills, bigger than your tuition, bigger than your loan. Bigger than everything that the devil's got to worry about. I feel a wind, I feel a wind. Glory to God. Woo. My, 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 Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're going to do it, do it now. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. If you're going to sow it, sow it now. The anointing is in this place right now. Oh, glory, glory. Hallelujah, do it now. Do it now. Break every yoke. Tear down every barrier. Cast out every foe. Hallelujah. The Lord is preparing a table in this place, in this place. I don't know who that's for, but the Lord said, do it now. You've been thinking about it. You've been wanting to do it. You've been praying about it. The Lord said, do it now. Now, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. I'll do it now. 
Somebody give him three minutes of crazy praise. Holy Ghost praise. Supernatural praise. Glorious praise. Yoke-breaking praise. Devil rebuking praise. I said praise him, Lord. Yeah. 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 Just leave you a thought. I want you to get your Bibles and go to Isaiah 29, 16, verse 18. I'll consolidate, but I thought it was important that we take time to celebrate 20 years, deserve some kind of real acknowledgement. Amen. Isaiah 29, 16 through 18. In many ways, thematically, this is a companion text to Jeremiah as he talks about the potter and the clay and the same sense of metaphor. We come into a deeper understanding of God's word and the times in which God's people find themselves in. Isaiah 29, 16, when you have it, say amen. Surely your turnings of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? 
Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruited field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to talk a few minutes about the spin cycle. The spin cycle. The spin cycle. Touch your neighbor and say, you could be in the spin cycle. Father, bless your word while it's being preached in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You, you could be... <laughs> you could be in the spin cycle. So I was walking around the, the house the other day and I don't really get to watch TV a lot, uh, but I walked past one of those, uh, one of those judge shows and, uh, and, and it's a small claims court where somebody had brought up charges uh, against a laundromat owner because their child had gotten into the dryer. Yeah. And some other kid had pushed the button and the kid was going around and around in the dryer. And the lady alleged that it was the laundromat owner's fault for not watching her child. And, and the child wasn't hurt, you know, just, just scared. Uh, and, and though there were no real damages, physical damages to the child, she said, I want to sue the laundromat owner because my child has been traumatized by being in the spin cycle. <laughs> when I look at the last 20 years, when I look back at it, for the last 20 years, everything is a blur. It happens so fast. We uh, honored uh, Pastor Sanders this morning. I remember so well the, the day we lost him and how traumatized our church was about the whole thing and, and all the things that happened, the death of my own mother and my mother-in-law and the challenges we had in life, the good moments, the mortgage burnings and, 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 and when we cut the ribbon on, on the old building, when we cut it on the new building, when we wrote names on the concrete and this floor and, and, and started writing all around. It was just a dream, but, but we got it done. I, I can remember uh, the, the night we had the mortgage burning and, and at midnight we burned the mortgage on, on a New Year's Eve night with traffic backed up so, so far down the road I landed on a helicopter. It's all a blur now. I was 38 years old, didn't have any gray hair in my head at all when I started preaching here and then it turned white I don't know which day it turned white. I just woke up one morning, it was white, and then it started falling out, and it's all a blur now. The, the distance between uh, Ontario and me is just a blur. You think it's a long time, it's just a blur. I was you when I came here. It's just a blur. You look up, your kids are grown. You don't even know how they got grown. What happened to your legs? You don't fit none of the clothes I bought. It's just a blur. And suddenly I realized that all this time, like the little boy in the laundromat, I was in the spin cycle. Yeah. 
You see, the spin cycle doesn't give you the luxury of being comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're going to get some bruises and, and, and a few cuts and, and you're not going to feel good about it because you're in the spin cycle. And the reason I warn you won't feel good, it's not that good things don't happen in the spin cycle. It's just that everything's going so fast you don't get to fully appreciate the good things that are happening in your life because as soon as you get this, here comes that. And as soon as you deal with that, here comes the other. When bad things happen, you don't have long to grieve, you got to recover quickly because life won't let you take a recess while you recover. You can't go on a three-year sabbatical and grieve over your mother because bills are coming next month, life is coming next month, trouble is coming next month, so you got to cry while you're going to work because you got to keep everything going because we are living in a spin cycle. It is, it is a chaotic environment. If you're a spiritual person as I am, I have this feeling, I have this feeling about our world that it's racing faster and faster towards something. I don't even know for sure what it is. I got a clue from the book of Revelation, but I can see everything getting faster and faster. And it's almost like somebody has put their foot on the gas pedal and we're racing towards something and as we're racing we're losing so many things people becoming more angry they're more upset they're more nervous they're more frustrated they can't do simple things well we do complicated things well but we've lost our ability to do simple things we can, we can take an image and put it on a screen. We can take two pictures and fuse them together and make them look like one. We do complicated things well, but we don't do simple things well like sleep. Because we are in a spin cycle. Anybody feel like you're in a spin cycle? You look up and, you, and here we are uh, all the way over in July. How in the world is this July? How could it be? What, wasn't watch night service last week? Didn't we just finish the Easter play? How in the world are we all the way over in July? Didn't we just celebrate the year coming in and the year is almost gone? How in the world did that happen? We're living in a spin cycle. Spin cycle. It almost feels like you're clay on a wheel. Can you imagine what it feels like to be clay on a wheel, being made in the spin, in the middle of an unstable environment? You don't even get a chance to appreciate your growth because you're growing while you're spinning. <laughs> you, you don't get to celebrate the touch of the master's hand because the clay is spinning so fast. It doesn't even get to enjoy the touch. You know, it, it, is, it is the combination of the spinning and the touch that forms the vessel. The touch without the spinning would leave a hole. <laughs> and the spinning without the touch would just be pandemonium without formation. When the text talks about us being like the clay and the potter, Isaiah is saying that we are shaped in the spin. That when, when God gets ready to make us, 
He puts us in a spinning environment. We, we like to do things when things are calm. You know, I like to fish when the waters are calm. Early in the morning. It, it seems fruitful when things are calm. I, I like to build, buy property, build when the finances and the family and everything is calm. I like to take risk in the calm. But God takes the risk in the crisis. In the spinning, sometimes it seems like he purposely picks out the worst time in the world to do the most mighty things. He, he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a baby, but not when you feel strong. Not when you're virile and you feel like, yeah, I got this. He said, I'm going to do it when you feel sheepish and vulnerable. And your body is good as dead and your wife is past childbearing age. I'm going to do it when your testimony looks stupid. I'm going to do it when it's ridiculous for you to tell anybody I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in the spin cycle. I'm going to do it with all hell breaking loose. I'm going to do it while everything is spinning. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it when your marriage is in the matrix. <laughs> I'm going to do it in the spin cycle. He tells Jeremiah, arise and go down to the potter's house. When I built this church and came here and established this church, I called it the potter's house because I knew that God was going to be healing, hurting people. I knew that he was going to be mending lives. I knew he was going to reshape people that other people had walked on like dirt and thought they were nothing and that they'd never be nothing. I knew he was going to do it. I knew that he was going to make vessels out of victims. That, that he was going to transition the victimized into vesselhood. I knew he was going to do it. I knew he was going to touch people that other people had stepped on. That he would use ex-cons and ex-felons and drug dealers and, and, and people been divorced and been raped and been abused and been ostracized. I knew he'd take people who'd been molested and, and turn them into mighty men and women of God. I knew he would do it. I knew he would do it. I knew his touch had the power to recycle broken lives and reshape people who were fallen. I knew he could touch people who had gone into bankruptcy and make them millionaires and successful. I knew, I knew that God could take people that men walked out on and said, if I leave you, you'll never be nothing. And I knew how God would step in and be your next husband and raise you up and take you over. I knew he was going to do it. But I didn't realize that he would do it in the spin cycle. I thought he would do it when you see your way clear. I thought he would do it when it was a good time to do it. I thought he would do it when things were stable and solid. I thought we would build churches in the midst of stability, not falling economies. I didn't know he was going to tell me to go forward when everything else was going backwards and to build when everything was coming down and to stand when other people were collapsing and, and, and to do it when, when, when the situation was totally the opposite of what I was trying to do. I didn't know that faith is proven in the spin cycle. 
I didn't know that he would use the traumatized to prove the triumphancy of Christ. The woman was right about what she said about her child. She said, my little boy was traumatized. I understood what she meant because I know what it is to be spinning in the cycle. And see, it's a problem for me. I have to confess to you. I won't tell the rest of them. I'm gonna tell you, I'm a control freak. Okay, I wrestle with it all the time. I don't like to be on nothing I can control. I've been here for 20 years and I have yet to ride at Six Flags. It is not fun to me to be on a ride I cannot control. If I say stop, you better stop. I, I don't like situations where I can't control the outcomes. Everybody else is laughing, but when I tell him to stop this ride and he doesn't stop the ride, when I get off the ride, I want to fight. The clay doesn't get to control the spin. You don't get to choose who you lose. <laughs> you don't get to choose how you're gonna be tested. You don't get to choose who's gonna get sick or who's gonna die or who's gonna break your heart or who's gonna leave you. You don't even get to choose who you love. Have you ever loved somebody that it was stupid to love? And your mind told you you're a fool? And your heart kept saying, ta-tum, ta-tum, ta-tum. And your mind kept saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't like that. can't control it. It is the spin cycle. Isaiah speaks about this spin cycle and he speaks about it from a very unique perspective. You see, Jeremiah, when he talks about it, he talks about it from the perspective of the potter. He tells us what the potter is thinking. He tells us that God sent Jeremiah down to the potter's house and said, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will show you a work wrought in a spin cycle. I will show you how God works in the spin. And I will show you that in the spinning, the clay will be marred. And I will let you hear what the potter thinks about the process. I will let you hear the potter decide to keep a broken vessel, yes, sir. Yes, sir. a vessel that he could have thrown away, that he could have discarded, that he could have said, this is too messed up to work with, but I will let you hear the thought process of a potter who makes a decision over a vessel that could have been discarded and watch him decide to take that vessel that could have been discarded and make it again another that's what I love about the text he made it again 
another. It's, it's, it's oxymoron. It's a ridiculous statement. He made it again another. Is it it or another? He made it again another. If it's another, it's not it. If it's it, it's not another. But only the potter can take it and make it again another. It is me, but it's not me. I am the same, but I'm not the same. It looks like me, but it's not me. He made it again. Another. And he did it in the spin. I don't even know when it became another because everything was spinning so. I, I can't even tell you when I changed. I can't tell you what did it. I can't tell you what hit it because he did it in the spin. And while I was spinning, I looked around and it was me, but it wasn't me. He's wearing my clothes, but he doesn't have my attitude. He lives in my house, but he doesn't think like me. He parked in my garage, but he has a new attitude. They call me the same name, but I'm not the same guy. And I can't even tell you when it happened because he did it in the spin cycle. He did it in the spin. Fell in love in the spin. <laughs> we was arguing one day. We were upset with each other one day. When did my anger turn to love? Or when did my love Turn to anger. The changes always come in the spend. And Jeremiah tells me what the potter thinks about the spend. The potter has control in the spend. He can decide to keep it or discard it. He can decide to reshape it or remake it. His foot controls how fast the spin is. The potter has control in the spin. And I thank you, Lord, that when you could have thrown me off the wheel, when you saw how broken I was, you could have decided that I wasn't worth the investment. I thank you, Lord, when it looked like I wasn't a good deal, that, that, that you kept me when you could have killed me. To God be the glory. I owe you the praise. I must give you the honor. I must give you the glory. I must worship you at all times, in all places, in all ways. Because sometimes you and I are the only ones who know how marred I am in your hands. I dress it up and I spray cologne on it, put makeup on it, ties, shirts, suits, coats, dresses, whatever you wear to cover it up. But God alone knows stripped of all of your accoutrements how cracked up you are, how scared you are how vulnerable you are, how intimidated you are, how you need affirmation and you need support and you need things that you act like you don't need and you even lie and tell people you don't need it and go home and cry because they didn't give you what you lied and said you didn't need. Only God knows. Why didn't they love me? Why didn't they support me? Why didn't they encourage me? You're the very one who said you didn't need it. 
and then cried because I didn't give it. And only God knew that you were marred in the hands of the part. Thank you for holding me cracked. Thank you for holding me cracked. Thank you for holding me cracked like I was, flawed like I was, crazy like I was, weird like I was, broken like I was. Thank you for holding me cracked. You held my crack marriage. You held my crack business. You kept my crack mind together. When I was cracked in places, I shouldn't have never even got that job. You gave me the job and you held me cracked. To God be the glory. 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 You see people like you praise him because of how whole you are. I praise him because of how cracked I am. Thank you, Lord, that you love me cracked. You love me broken. You love me foolish. You love me fallen. You're praising him because you're righteous. I'm praising him because I'm wrong. And he blessed me anyway to God. He made it again another vessel as seemeth good to the potter to make it. He didn't meet with you about me. He didn't ask you about me. He didn't need your vote to bless me. So why am I all up in your face trying to see whether you like me? You don't get to vote on my blessing. The Bible said he did it as seemeth good. He brought me here because it seemed good to the potter to do so. He gave me this position because it seemed good for the potter to do so. And even when you voted against me, he raised me up anyway. Because your vote does not count in his council. He made it again another vessel as seemeth good to the potter to make it. Oh, I want to hear it. This is good. Are you getting anything? I want you to see this part right here. Isaiah doesn't talk about it from the potter's perspective. He talks about it from the position of the angry clay. The angry clay, the bitter clay, the clay that says it is not fair that my mama didn't raise me. The clay that says it is not fair that my father didn't love me. The clay that says it is not fair that I gave my love to somebody who left me. The clay that questions the decision of the potter because everything is topsy-turvy. I love Jeremiah talking about how the potter thought, but I get the most help talking to Isaiah about how the clay felt. 
in the spin cycle. That, 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 that everything seems upside down. And that you wonder, you wonder, was God right? Don't say it. You don't testify about it. But you wonder, did he do the right thing? Why did you take that away from me? You let her die now. The clay wonders, does the potter know what he's doing? The clay complains in the spin cycle. And Isaiah says, who are you to question the potter? Did you make yourself? You wouldn't even have the opportunity to be on the wheel in the spin cycle if the potter hadn't chosen you. He picked you up when you were nothing and gave you a chance when you were nobody and just because your life is spinning crazy doesn't mean you get to question the spin. So, so tell your neighbor, don't question the spin. Don't question the spin. Don't question the spin. I know you're dizzy. I know everything's a blur. I know it seems crazy. I know it doesn't seem fair. I know it doesn't seem like the right time in your life to be going through what you're going through. I know you don't feel like this craziness and I know you have cried yourself to sleep for a year and a half and tried to talk yourself out of your pain and hurt anyway. But don't question the spirit. Because it is Isaiah that tells me the mystery of the spin. Oh God, I wish I had time to preach just like I want to. See, 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 you must understand what the attitude of the clay must be in order to be successful. The attitude of the clay has to remain contented. Contentment. Contentment is not complacency. I'm not telling you to be complacent, to not want anything. Contentment is not complacency. Now the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. But we are told not to be complacent. We're told to be vigilant and always abounding. So how can I have contentment and be vigilant and always abounding? Paul said, I have learned. I have learned whatever state I'm in. I have learned to be contented on the wheel. I have learned to be contented when it's up. I have learned to be contented when it's down. I know how to abound. I know how to abase. 
I know how to be rich. I know how to be poor. I learned how to be contented without being complacent. How can you be contented without being complacent? How can you be confident when it looks like you're losing? When it looks like you're going backwards? When it looks like it's the wrong time in your life to be single? When it looks like it's a bad time to be starting all over again? How can you be contented when you're in the spin cycle? How can you how can you have a positive attitude? Because this is what Isaiah tells us. He tells us about the angry, bitter clay who questions the spin cycle. And then he says something that I really like. He says something, let me find it here. He says, you might have read over it and missed it. He said, it is not yet a very little while if you stick with the spin. He's, he, said, he says, in just a little while, Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field. And the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. Now I want to break that down. Lebanon was known for trees. Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon built the temple of Solomon. The cedars of Lebanon were what was shipped in as a fine cedar forest. He says in a little while, that that used to make trees will grow bushes. And that that used to grow bushes will make trees. In other words, he said, when I get through spinning, I'm gonna bring you into a change that the head is gonna become the tail and the tail is gonna become the head. Tell somebody, say, yet a little while. God says, I'm not just spinning you to persecute you. I'm spinning you so that I can transition you from faith to faith and from glory to glory, glory to God. Tell somebody, tell them I'm in the spin cycle. When you met me, I was the tail. But when you see me again, I'll be the head. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you. I'm in the spin cycle. Glory to God, glory to God. I feel like preaching this thing. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say, keep on spinning. I know you're uncomfortable. I know you're angry. I know you're upset. But you need to learn whatever state you're in to be content because God has a plan. I need you to help me preach. I don't have time to preach it. Touch 10 people and tell them God has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. It feels chaotic, but he has a plan. It feels lonely, but he's got a plan. You feel frustrated, but he's got a plan. You don't understand it, but he's got a plan. You don't understand it, but he's got a plan. He's got a plan over your life. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost about to fall in this place right now. And I want some frustrated clay, some angry clay, some perturbed clay, in spite of your feelings, to open your mouth and give God 30 seconds of praise.
your normal he said he says the next verse says the deaf ears are going to hear it is not normal for a deaf man to be able to hear oh God look at your neighbor say it's not gonna be normal your blessing is not gonna be your normal this is important you have to choose do you want your blessing or do you want your normal you can't have it both ways i wish y'all knew how good that was some people will walk out on their blessing because they fell in love with their normal and they will sabotage their blessing so that they can have their normal but God said I'm gonna spin you around till you lose control of your normal because I'm trying to bring you into the next dimension I don't know who I'm preaching to but if I'm preaching to you give God a praise right now Me how to hold my peace. The battle 
is the man it belongs to God sounds good until you're the one in the spin. What do you do when God brings you a blessing that challenges how you define yourself? Will you love yourself and lose your blessing? Watch this. If you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But if you will lose your life, you will find it. God says if you will lose your normal, if you'll stop being deaf, if you refuse to be blind, in other words, blind man, if you break your cane and run away your dog, I'll give you your sight. But if you're going to refuse to be changed, you will lose. God, I feel like I'm talking to somebody. Somebody spin around right fast and help me preach real fast. This is your season to see God work in the spin cycle. This is your season to redefine yourself. This is your season. I don't want you to tell another person how you are. I don't want you to make excuses and say this is how I am because God said I'm going to spin you around till you can't tell up from down because I'm getting ready to do a new thing in your life the former things wait a minute I know I got to quit I need a hundred radical priests that will break out and give him a Holy Ghost praise right now. I mean, rap.
the spirit, pray them in the uncertainty, pray them in the vulnerability, blind man, pray them, deaf man, pray them, sick man, pray them, bound man, pray them, worried man, pray them, you gotta pray. not we would not be celebrating hold it we would not be celebrating our 20th anniversary if I had not learned what's this how to be consistent yeah. 
in the spin. Consistent while the wheel is turning. <laughs> Consistent in the shift. I preached the gospel when I was worried sick. I preached it when I was depressed. I preached it when I was afraid. I preached it when I wanted to quit. I preached it when I felt like dying. I preached you out when I was under. I preached you loose when I was tied up. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. The reason some of you keep losing things is that you can't, you have not learned to be consistent in the spin. The reason you're not consistent in the spin is because you're controlled by your moods. When you're in the right mood, you're amazing. And just as soon as we get used to you being amazing, your mood switches. God, you keep asking God to bless something that he can't trust. I was, I was talking to my insurance man the other day and they have some of my insurance in an irrevocable trust. An irrevocable trust. Certain things, I don't care what you do, the trust is irrevocable. So you can put the money in the trust because the trust won't break by the circumstance. You keep asking God to bless somebody that you keep proving he can't trust. And the reason you keep proving that he can't trust you is because you keep operating in how you feel. When you feel good, he can trust you. Can't nobody invest in nobody they can't trust. And so what should have taken you three days has taken you 40 years. You have wandered in the wilderness of indecisiveness for 40 years because you can't be stable in the spin. The beautiful thing about being on the potter's wheel is that the potter places the clay in the center of the wheel so that even though everything around the clay is spinning, the reason the clay doesn't spin off the wheel is because it is steadfast. It's balanced. It's unmovable. It's stabilized. Though the storms keep on raging. Oh, y'all, I gotta quit. Okay. Join hands with somebody. You know, I told God, I said, Lord, I wish I had more of the folk I started with. 
because I could build off of them. I could trust them. The folk I started with, you could have revival and they come out at night. The folk I got now, whatever you're gonna have, you gotta have it on Sunday morning. Cause, cause, they, they go to church, but they're really not into church. You, you have to convince them and call them and beg them and cajole them and they might come. And, and you can't, you can't work with clay that's on the side of the wheel. Because clay that's positioned on the side of the wheel will fall off. You can't trust it. You can't trust it. It will only do what it does if you pay it. It, it will only bake cakes if you pay for the groceries. It'll, it'll only show up if it has to sing. It'll only be there if their children are performing. It's, it's really not centered on the wheel. And I told God, I said, Lord, I'm still young enough and strong enough to go forward. And I trust you. But I need people I can trust. I need people who will not leave the service if I'm not preaching. I need people who aren't sneaking around calling the staff saying, is Bishop preaching? I need people who really make this church their church to the point that they recognize that if Bishop is not here, that's all the more reason for me to be here because I told him I had his back. You don't have my back, you got my face. You're only good when I'm looking. I need people who will witness in the grocery store. I need people who don't turn into Christians on Sunday. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I never thought I'd see the day that people would be late and walking in the church like this. See, I came from a storefront and it was no big name preachers, but when we heard the sound of Mother Boy's drum, we would be running, trying to get in the service because we didn't want to miss anything. We, we love Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. We, we love the Lord. We were scared we were going to miss something. Today, people act like, ah, they scratch a little bit. They sit on the side of the bed. They eat another cup, drink another cup of coffee. They leave 
for a nine o'clock service, they leave at nine o'clock. And this is why, this is why we are so into ourselves that we only come to church for what we can get. It doesn't even cross our mind that we need to be there for what we can give. We don't need the worship service. We can miss that because the worship service is not about us. We only want the preaching because it's talking to us. So you want God to give something to you while you give nothing to him. If I had to build what we built now, if I had to build it off of the backs of the kinds of people that come now, I couldn't have done it. The kinds of people that came then would be lined up around the building waiting to get in. Some of y'all remember. They would announce on the news not to come on 408 because it was backed up on 408 trying to get in the building. We got people who can sing but won't give up a Thursday night for a choir rehearsal standing all up there. We, we, we got people who could really bless this church that God called to this church that have never given their gift. Forget your money. You haven't given your gift or your talent or your time. Because you give God Sunday. You give him Sunday. He, he gets a Sunday sometimes. And don't let that last too long. If our church service lasts as long as the football game, if you have to walk as far as you have to walk to get into Jerry Jones Stadium, I don't go to that church, I have to walk too far. And there you are, backed up on 30. We want God to be faithful to us while we're indifferent to him. And so he keeps us in the spin because what that means is you have not yet given up your normal. Christianity has not become a way of life. It's become a fire escape. You need it when you're on fire. The person you're touching right now, God called them to this church. Place them in this ministry. They are standing on the faithfulness of other people. They're sitting on pews that other people gave to give. They're walking on steps that other people paid for. They're enjoying the facilities of the labors of those who went before them and yet they don't share the same obligation to those who will come next.
We got people in this building who sing in a club and won't sing in the choir. You just blowing for the devil. And yet when we sing all to Jesus, I say, you got big old tears in your eyes. I don't want to kill your joy. I am just telling you that the spinning won't stop until you change formation. The whole purpose of the spin and the throwing of the water is to get you pliable enough that you will change formation, that you will give up on your normal and go from being a lump of clay into a vessel that God can use. Squeeze that hand. God wants to use that person. He saved them from car wrecks and cancers, from diabetes, from domestic violence and suicide. God wants to use that person you're touching right there. God has a plan for his life. God has a plan for her life. He literally stopped the gun from going off. He literally arrested the cancer. He literally brought them out of the car wreck because God has a plan for their life. Father, I pray right now that we would really become yours. Not in lip service, not because we walked down the aisle and said something cute, but that we would really give our lives, our talent, our time, ourself to you. Most of what we see today it's people who refuse to be formed. They refuse to be shaped. They will not give up on being who they used to be to become who they're called to be. Squeeze that hand you're touching. The person she's touching right now, the brother he's touching right now, you want to form them into something you can use for your glory. Hallelujah. And you've got them spinning on the wheel because you're trying to make an impression on their life and reform them and reshape them and redo them and redeem them. They're in the spin cycle. I pray that right there without coming to an altar, without burning incense, without doing anything, that right there where they stand, that this would become an altar and that the person that's being touched right now would make a commitment to give you more in this, in this next 20 we're going into than we did in the first 20. I'm not just talking about more stuff. I'm talking about more yourself and more your gift and more your talent and, and more of a centered place in your life. I pray, Lord, that the blind man would break his cane. Hallelujah. <laughs> I pray, Lord, that the mute would open his mouth to speak. What I'm saying, Lord, is I pray that every person in this room would forsake their normal.
that they would stop describing themselves by their old nature and who they used to be. Because every time they confess it, they strengthen what you're trying to kill. Hallelujah. I pray God that we would travail in birth until Christ be formed in them and they, they would take the scary place of allowing the spinning to change you, to change you. Allow the spinning to, to make you quiet when you would normally speak up and make you speak up when you'd normally be silent to allow the spinning in your life to change your normal. That is the potter's house. In Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed for just one moment. I want to tell you something. In a moment, our final thing we're going to do in this service is we're going to give you a balloon. And when we dismiss the service, we're going to all go outside. I want you to write something on the balloon that you're going to give to God, a part of you, a part of your time, a part of your talent. And I want you to let it go up before God as a sweet-smelling savor as you recommit a new part of your life. I, I want, in just a moment, I want you to really consider being more committed. Even in the spin. I know you're busy. Look, I don't think anybody in here is no busier than me. You mean you ain't got time for Jesus? Don't you know you're going to come to a point in your life that you're desperately going to need him to have time for you? You, you, would, you would work in the church, but you don't have time for Jesus. You would help with the inmates ministry, but you don't have time for Jesus. You would be a greeter, but you don't have time for Jesus. You got off the usher board because somebody got on your nerves. Christ didn't get off the cross, but you got off the usher board because you don't like Susie. When are you going to grow up? Get out of your emotions, and I want you to give something to God that matters. Amen. Give him a praise before you give him anything. How many people got something out of the Word of God today? I just want to check one other thing. Pastor Bonet's going to tell you about the balloons. I really want you to make a commitment. I want us to do this as a church. I don't ask you to do many things. I know there are troops of you that won't obey anybody. You're just going to leave because you're hateful. But to the rest of you, yeah, there are people who just go out of their way to just do their own thing. They can never comply. That's why we don't get anywhere. To the rest of you, I want you to think in your heart, what am I going to give to God for all of his benefits toward me? For somebody, it might be to become a consistent tither. For somebody, it might be to become a volunteer and volunteer more of your time. For somebody, it might be becoming involved in, in the prison ministry. For somebody, it might be, I commit to Wednesday night Bible class. I love the Bible class and I just have not been faithful. I'm going to be more faithful. Somebody might say, I'm going to help with bereavement. I'm going to deal with bereavement. I'm going to help people when they're hurting the most or I'm going to take one day out the month and go visit people that are sick and I'm going to get in that ministry and help them. Somebody's going to say, I'm going to help with hospitality, but I refuse to just sit here and suck up blessings and give nothing back to my God.
for the past 20 years, it has been my utmost honor, my utmost honor to be your pastor. That's the truth. That's the truth. I love you with my whole heart. I love you with my whole heart. back all the way today. Never met a man like him. Never heard a word spoken like that. Wouldn't leave here for anything. Hallelujah. Today, before we pray out, as you go on your way out, take your time. We've got a beautiful lobby now. Take your time. Say hello to people that you've never met before. They'll be issuing balloons on the way out. Be sure and write what it is that you're going to put in the spin cycle and accept as your new normal. What a powerful message. How many people are going to do that today? Yeah, if I don't get to honor our bishop any other way, I'm going to do that. That's what's on his heart. I see the balloons out in the lobby. Be sure and get one for you and your children. Are we going to, lift, are we going to let them off together? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. She, she says we're going, to, we're going to let them go up together. So if, when you get your balloon and write something on it, just give me a minute. I'm going to come out there with you. And, and we're going we're gonna to send it up before God that, that the church that he called to be on 6777 West Keys Boulevard is going into another orbit, another level, another dimension. Are you with me? All right. You, you're going to dismiss him. Yes, sir. That's why he's the boss. All right. So on your way out, be sure and wait. And give it some time. Visit with people while you're out there. Learn something new about the one sitting next to you that you held the hand up for at least 10 minutes. All right? Stand to your feet. Let's pray out of here. Are you happy today? Oh, I'm feeling good all the way down to my sanctified bones. Mighty God, we just thank you for this glorious congregation. We thank you for a leader that's able to direct us in the way that you would have us go. When we will not hear because of a deaf ear or a blind eye, thank 